Uh, happy Black History Month. It is my opinion that American history is very much loaded with black history and that black history is church history. I am probably the product more than anything else of what has happened in black church history as a result of, re of a revival that took place in 1906 in Los Angeles. Uh, Zusa Street it was the place to be precise. I just went back there in a little pilgrimage of sorts over the past summer, drove to Azusa Street and just took some time to pray. It was there in a little house with 15 people that a man named William Seymour, who had been studying scriptures and because of racism had to study in the outside, wasn't even allowed because of laws in to be in classrooms and named Parham, let him, made a space for him out in a in a hallway where he listened in and got trained theologically and biblically and goes to Los Angeles where with a group of 15 people, they have a prayer meeting that breaks out. The only thing I can tell you is that the Holy Spirit of God came in a way that was real and visceral and something began to break out. And this is a little bit where I'm going today because there's a lot of religious debate that goes on when people say, do you not know that God is omnipresent? And while God is omnipresent, that doesn't mean his manifest presence is happening equally everywhere. There is a difference between the omnipresence of God. God is here. God is there. God is everywhere. And God is in this place. Like it says in scripture, when they built a, basically a tabernacle for the Lord, and they would say, oh, I had to build myself an altar because truly and surely the Lord is in this place. We're in a series called Where, Who We Are, and I, I just, I need you understanding, I want the Lord in this place, and I want the Lord in my house, and I want the Lord wherever I'm going and whatever I'm doing, and again, I, friends, I understand that God is everywhere. I get it. God's in a room where two people are sleeping with each other unmarried. God's in a place where a man goes and rents a prostitute. That doesn't mean the manifest presence of God is there in the same way that it was when Abraham said, surely the Lord God is in this place. And that's not the same thing as when you're in the presence of God and you shake and tremble and you just want him and it's like your eyes can see him though they don't. And that is what was happening at Azusa Street. And then a few more people started coming and there's kids and, and parents and, and more people started coming and it started to grow and, it, and they ran out of room and then they had to find another spot and so they found this apostolic faith mission church and, and they began to have meetings and the meetings began to get filled and again this is 1906 and it's being led by a one-eyed, quite uneducated black man who is the son of slaves, former slaves and this revival breaks out, this outpouring takes place. And there are white people and brown people and yellow people and black, all sorts of people gathered under the leadership of this African-American man named William Seymour that, that began a movement that, with that, that was 1906, like April, by, the, by that December it's spreading to Portland, Oregon and Connecticut and New York City and it's spreading out to all these other places. By, the next, by um, 1907 they're sending missionaries to Angola and Liberia. Just so you guys understand, the missionary movement to Africa that's happened from America did not start with white uh, Christian denominations. It started with a black revival. The beginning missionaries were nine black people with four white people to boot that went along to bring the gospel to first Angola and Liberia. So just so you all even understand the, what's taking place in Africa as we speak right now, even when you go to traditionally Catholic, Lutheran, other places, they have been impacted by a move of God that they take their roots back to Azusa Street where a few people started to seek the Lord. 
And God broke out. By the way, this is why we have prayer meetings on Wednesday. All day long, we have prayer going on in this building on Wednesdays, in the mornings and afternoons and all day long. And in the evenings, we have prayer because we believe that when we call out to God, he says, if you call to me, I will answer you. A lot of us are wanting answers that we haven't called for. Jesus said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. He said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. It has often been pointed out rightly that the word righteousness can be translated justice, which is, and next week I'm preaching on justice, one of our fluencies. But I, I just want to point out, a lot of us are, are expecting a righteousness and a justice that we didn't first thirst for. Stop being surprised when you do not see the fruits of righteousness and the fruits of justice that God says, only come to those who call upon my name. He said, those that call out to me night and day for justice are going to be answered. So Azusa Street breaks out and, and thousands end up coming and they have all day baptismal meetings and, and altars are full. And, and some of the reports, I mean, I was reading one of the reports this week of those, those early days. That this is what they said at Azusa. Expect it to happen to you. All you have to do, they said, and, and listen to this, all you have to do is tarry, which means wait. And then, and this is, I'm about to read an old school phrase, but this is what they would say. All you have to do is tarry and mean business with God. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like your grandma? <laughs> mean business with God. God is ready. God stands ready to pour out his spirit in fresh ways once again. If only our souls like a deer pants <sighs> for streams of living water. Church, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? My only agenda today is if you're thirsty, I want you to drink. And if you're not thirsty, I want to be a spiritual bartender that's giving you pretzels. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I'm trying to do today. Because if you're not hungry and thirsty, I could preach about justice and righteousness. We can preach about changing our world. If you're not hungry and thirsty, if we're fine with the complacent status quo of our country, of our churches, of our families, if you're fine with it, then just keep going. Today is not for you. The service is over. Jesus said, I didn't come for those that think their everything is fine. He said, I only came for those that know they're sick. Jesus, we're sick. If you don't admit you've got a tumor, the, the healer won't take it out. Well, I want him to heal me without me asking him. That's not how he does it. Well, why does he say this whole ask business? Because he loves you. He wants to see your face. Like my little girl when I'm holding her and I'm being distracted by some of you at church sometimes out in the lobby and, and my little girl takes my face and, and pulls my head and looks. She says, Daddy, I want your eyes. Yeah, but, but these are the people in the church. Yeah, but I'm, your, I'm the people in your house. You've been talking to people long enough. Now talk to your little girl. Your father wants your face. Do you want his? So this week I was at a missions meeting, and I'm, I'm about to go to Isaiah 55. Because the, the beginning of Isaiah 55 in verse 1, it says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Come. And he who has no money, come, says it a second time, come, buy and eat. Third time, come, buy wine 
in milk without money and without price. I'm, Greenhouse, I'm calling us to come. I, I dream of being at a church that's not just theologically accurate, it's spiritually desperate. I, I don't just want to be on point. I want to be in desperation for the living God. So I was at a missions meeting, but I had heard about this prayer meeting that broke out at Asbury University last week on, on February 8th in Wilmore, Kentucky, small Christian university. Well, small, I mean, 1,200 students undergrad, and then they've got a seminary as well. And they just had a, a, just a little prayer meeting. They had a little chapel service. By the way, the person that was leading music at the chapel service was one of our former worship leaders, George. And if you guys remember, George used to lead worship for us. George was playing the, I think he was playing the keyboard and, and just wor- doing worship for the Lord. And there was just a pretty, pretty normal worship and pretty normal talk, speech, sermon, exhortate, whatever, about loving people and doing right. And, and there was just a, there was a, a pricking of God. What I want to make clear is this was very, very ordinary. Because I'm going to try to convince us today that Jesus is not looking for our extra. He's looking for you that doesn't sing on, on tune and you that's not very educated and you who is very simple and you who is very broken and you who, like, I know we try to put on makeup to cover up all the ordinary and I'm not against makeup. I mean, you know, if the barn needs paint, paint it, but I, but <laughs> that was totally inappropriate. Lord, strike that from heaven's record. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, not again, I'm not saying we got to go expose all of our, our ordinariness, but there's something about, we, we've kind of overdone this on trying to act like we're something we're not. Jesus apparently loves showing up in the ordinary. The mission of our church is helping ordinary people become passionate followers of Jesus. Not the high potential people, not the people that have it all together. The people that are like, Lord, I've got like nothing to offer. He's like, then I'll take it. That's all he wants. That's all he needs. So I heard about this because on, on, April, on February 8th, they just started praying and, and they went to their classes and they went to their instructors like, hey man, my heart, my heart is just burning. I feel like I just want to go get on my face before God. When's the last time you were in a conversation with someone and you're like, man, I just want to go pray. My favorite church services are when I'm like, can everyone just leave? I, I just want to pray. You ever come to church, you're like, like my best sermons, I think, are when you guys are like, stop preaching. Just let me go up to the altar. Like, let, I like it when some of you even interrupt and you just come up. You're like, free, everyone else, I'm done. Jesus, you get my exclusive now. Like, it's just you. When's the last time you heard a song that didn't make you say, whoa, check out her voice. Wow, the drums. Wow. When's the last time you heard a sermon that was not, wow, that guy's articulate. Wow, she's eloquent. But you're like, Jesus, you are like nothing else. When they were on the road to Emmaus, they said, our hearts burned. Man, I want, I want us to be a place that when people come here, our hearts burn for Jesus. I want to burn. I don't, I don't want you to get old and crusty and dry. And I've seen 90-year-olds that are younger than some of the 20-year-olds in our church that have gotten cynical and hard. And you've got 90-year-olds that are like Peter Pan pixie dust on them. You're like, what happened to you? And they're like, man, I just love Jesus. I mean, I was talking to people waiting to get into an auditorium this week at, in Wilmore, Kentucky. Old ladies. I'm like, what, what are you doing? She's like, we drove all night from Texas. I'm like, what? What are you doing here? She said, I want Jesus. And I'm like, well, he's in Texas too. She's like, 
stick around, you'll understand. What she's saying is there's a difference between the omnipresence and the manifest presence. And there's something about recognizing that when Jesus is given the Sermon on the Mount and the people gathered by the droves and they're gathering in the gathering. And you can imagine someone saying, they got bread other places. There's sermons in every synagogue in Israel. Yeah, but Jesus was there. Do you have eyes to recognize when Jesus shows up? Do you have the guts to change your schedule when he does? Do you have the chops to offend people so that you don't offend the spirit? I want to be in that kind of a church. I want to be that kind of a man. I want to lead that kind of a family. I want my kids remembering a daddy that called on the name of God. I know we get in our pits, man. I know we get to these deep places of darkness and despair. I want to have stories where the redeemed of the Lord say so. That our story is not, yep, we were perfect and everything went great because we were saved. Our report was, we got saved and I'm a bad sinner, but he's a good savior. So I go to, I left my missions meeting early. I'm on this board. This is like my final deal as being a part of this. I left my meeting early. Very cool meetings. Amazing stories. I'll, I'll tell you more stories. Beautiful things happening around the world. I was like, man, I'm going to, I just, I'm, and listen, God was in the room I was in. God was in a meeting full of missionaries. God was there. He was. It was different in Wilmore. There is such a thing as fire. Like fire does break out. There, there is such a thing, friends. There is. I get on a plane, I changed my ticket, I went to Wilmore, and as I arrive, um, give, me, give, me, give me one of the pictures that's got like, um, yeah, just give me, give me whatever picture you feel led to give me, go ahead and give me a picture. <laughs> give me a video, oh, okay, well, th yeah, that's the inside, okay, there's not an empty seat in the place, give me, the, give me a video, give me one of those uh, as, as a video, like I'm walking up here, pouring down rain. The auditorium is completely full, and there are people lined up way down the block, waiting to get into that room, which was one of four or five rooms. Uh, there was a guy that gave his life. One, at one point, this one guy just had to get saved. He just gives his life to the Lord there. Give me, can you give me the video? This is what took one sinner repents. One sinner repents. In the they just spontaneously, I'm like, oh, I was trying to catch my phone fast enough. One sinner repents, and I'm talking to someone on my right, they're from Oklahoma, to my left, they're from Bolivia, talking to someone over here, from, they're from Israel, someone over here, they're from California, talking to a guy over here who drove 16 hours to get there, he's got no money, he's sleeping in his car, talk to someone else over here, Asbury's having to open classrooms, okay, give me, give me, a, give me some more pictures, I'll just talk, give me whatever other slides I've got up there, give me some pictures, or, so they ran out, they finally ran out of space, so this is yesterday, by yesterday, so this, I was there on Wednesday, by Saturday, I was there Wednesday, Thursday, by, by Saturday, yesterday, you could not drive into the town of Wilmore. There was no physical space left to drive. Like you had to get to the college, you have to know back roads because the, you, like you can only drive if there's a road, right? The, the road, these are the lines by day, by night. Yesterday, they, had, they finally were just like, hey, if you need to repent, just do it now. So go back to the picture, people on their knees just calling out to God. It was 32 degrees outside, wind chill factor made it 21, 22. 
One of, one of our guys that went up there, Sean goes up there. He's like, I had to stop at Walmart to get a jacket because, and they, they had multiple rooms that are open. And let me tell you the agenda. The, the, here's the agenda. You walk in. I walked in. I just started weeping. I said, just let me get up to the front. And I just went up to the front. I got on my knees and I wanted to pray. And all I could do is just, I don't even know exactly why. And, but this is what was in my mind. Lord, search me and know me and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way that's everlasting. If there's a thought that you do not like, I want to stop thinking it. If there are deeds that you do not like, I want to stop doing them. If there's deeds that you like that I'm not doing, I want to do them. If there's a person that I've harmed, if there's things that I'm neglecting, I want to do that which you desire. I long for you to be pleased. There was, I mean, I'm a preacher. I like being on stage sometimes, whatever. I'm sure that can happen. There was not an ounce. I was like, Lord, I, all I want to do is be a doorkeeper in your house. I just want to be in the throng of the people of God, being one of the voices that's saying, great are you, Lord. And I just sat there. I mean, I just sat there on my knees and I'm, I'm just, it's, church, I'm asking the question, are you thirsty? Are, when's the last time you got somewhere you're like, man, just let me pray. What friends are in your life that when you finish talking to them, you're like, man, I want to seek the Lord. What musicians do you have? What, what preacher? I mean, I, there are preachers that I listen to that I'm like, oh, man, that guy's good. I'm like, I, I listen to them preach and, and I love their voice. And then I listen to me and I feel like Mickey Mouse. And I'm like... <laughs> Like, the, I, I really do. And then there are times, there are preachers that I listen to, and I'm like, all I want to do, I mean, I was, I was reflecting on things. I just took out my phone. I was at the, I came back, I went to the gym, and, and I just, I mean, at the gym. I'm at Gainesville Health and Fitness, and I'm just like, man, all I want to do is, I just went into the bathroom stall and closed the door and just get on my knee. I'm like, Lord, all I want is you. I just desire you. I want you to be honored and glorified. And church, I, I want to be a part of, of this. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. I, I, I want Greenhouse to be a place. I want to be a place where people can come and they're going to find wine and milk without money and without price. It, it, this is really why this matters. Verse 2, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? Why are you spending your life chasing a career where you're going to just lose your kids anyway? It, wait, what, what, wait, why were you doing the career? Like, what, why are you making all the extra money? Because I want to provide for my The kids, what they need is a mom that's going to give them Jesus, a dad that's going to give them Jesus. Uh, you need a career that's going to glorify Jesus. Your career sans Jesus. Your career sin Jesus. Your career without him, it's... It's what, why are you spending your money for that which isn't bread? Like, wait, man shall not live by bread. Well, man, I got, man, you got to make the bread. Show me the bread. Get some bread. Wait, wait, why are you spending your life for bread that's not bread? Why do you labor? And here it is. This is it. Why do you labor for what does not satisfy? Have you ever gone to the end of a whatever sesh? Man, man. I, a, a movie marathon. And you're like, oh, like, have you ever stayed up all night with Netflix and been like, gosh, I'm so satisfied right now. <laughs> you ever got to the end of like just a porn sesh? You're like, oh my gosh, oh, I just feel so fulfilled right now with all these actors on a video 
where I'm, where I'm imagining things that I know are completely ungodly. Does porn satisfy? Does sin satisfy? Does, all, does another vacation satisfy? Does a nicer hotel satisfy? Does a nicer car satisfy? You get your vroom vroom and you're like, whoa, the, the, the better Tesla than the old Tesla that you used to have testing. And so now there you are and, and you're testing and you pull up and, and you're ready to test. But then you see the guy coming next to you like yours is six months old. And so his test is bigger than your test and he out tests you. And you're like, ugh, I need, you're like cookie monster, need cookies. Because it, what, what Isaiah says is, why are you spending your life on what doesn't satisfy? I'm, I mean, I went into Asbury, into the room, and guys, here, here's the agenda. All they do is confess their sins and repent, and then they worship, and then someone prays, and then someone reads some scripture, and they give very, very ordinary messages that last just a few minutes, and then they do more worship, and then they do more confessing, and then, and you hear people confessing white supremacy, and you hear people confessing racism, and you hear people confessing, I've never, I could not forgive my father who abused me, and he's now dead, but Jesus, I give you my dead father, and I forgive him, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. And you hear people confessing their lust and you hear people confessing their porn and you hear people confessing their lies and confessing their greed and you hear businessmen saying, I have been chasing, I've been chasing and chasing and chasing the green, I've been chasing the bread, I've been chasing all this stuff and I realize it's nothing. I've spent the last 20 years of my life neglecting Jesus and I'm still gonna be in my career but it belongs to Jesus now. And they would get up and shout these things and the place would go nuts. <laughs> Why do you spend your money for what, it's not even bread. It's never going to satisfy. He says, listen diligently to me and eat what is good. And delight yourselves in rich food. I, I was in this room and I'm looking around and I'm amazed because I'm like, I'm weeping. I'm like, wait, why? What's going I mean, I'm in church services all the time. I, hear, I, didn't, I heard songs I've heard all the time. The songs were very rudimentary. They're, they're, they've been going 24 hours a day for 10, 11, 12 days now. So they're just using anything and anybody that they can get up there. I mean, that's what they're, they're throwing people up there. So this isn't like Maverick City. This isn't, you know, uh, Fred Hammond. This isn't Chris Tomlin. You know, this isn't, uh, this is, it's, you know, just read ordinary, hyper ordinary, okay? One person on a piano, the chairs that were sitting in are hard chairs. We're in a in a room that's 100 years old, the floor squeaks, and God just breaks out. And I, and I walk in, I'm like, wait, why am I being moved like this? I walk back out, and I'm asking people, wait, why are you here? Like, wait, I, I, it took me three days to get here. I want Jesus. And then I talk to people, and they're leaving. As they're leaving, I'm like, so are you disappointed? I did not find a single person that was not satisfied. And I'm like, you just heard... Ordinary, low quality, everything. And you're totally satisfied? I talk to people from mega churches, and they're like, I gotta tell you, I'm just hungry. My mega church isn't doing it. I talk to people from micro churches. They come from like micro church movements. They're not in the, they're like, my micro church isn't doing it. I talk to people from college ministries. Their college ministry's not doing it. I talk, they're like, I am hungry for I know that only Jesus brings. I know there's a bread you can't buy at Publix. I know there's a drink you can't buy at a supermarket. I know there's more. Church, do you know there's something more? Well, what do we do? He said it, come, come. 
Mike, I'm thirsty. What's the problem? You gotta come. Church, come. Well, what does that mean? Well, look, why, you know, verse three, incline your ear. Listen, come to me. He says it again. Come to me. This is God talking. Hear that your soul may live. Now, if there was two things I could tell you that I saw at Asbury and that were at Azusa, it was this. Number one, there is hunger. And if you're not hungry, I want you hungry. Number two, there's a humility. There's, a, there's this humility of people that they need God, okay? But really what you saw happen, this, this inclining your ear and, and hearing that your soul may live, he says, I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. I need you to understand this. There is an experience that is altogether satisfying And it is called covenant with God. What people look for in sex is covenant. See, sex is pointing to something. Sex is not about sex. It's pointing. When people are like, oh, I just need to be with a woman. I just need. No, no. What you're longing for is what is is exposed when you talk to girls that are um, three minutes off a tender hookup. And they're like, oh, why do I feel more empty than before this even happened? Because you weren't looking for something that your body can experience without your soul. You were looking for something that's only expressed in the word covenant. There is a reality that covenant with Jesus is more satisfying than any other pleasure on earth. I don't know how to put my finger on this, but I'm telling you, when you are in covenant with God, when you know that he is yours and you are his, when you know his voice because the sheep know his voice, when the shepherd calls your name, when the shepherd draws near to, when he draws near to you, that when the king of glory that's worthy of all the angels' adoration says, you You are my girl. You are my son. I'm pleased with you. When you're like, what? I'm so ordinary, sinful, uh, worthy of rejection, and that God would love me. I mean, do you get it? When you go to Asbury, this is how they say it every 30 minutes. The only celebrity welcome in this room is Jesus. And he's your dad. He's the lover of your soul. He's the one. He wants you more than anyone else wants you. Ladies, some of you, there's men that really want you. I'll tell you who wants you in a pure, holy, precious way that if you got his desire and and you got into covenant with him, it will satisfy you like no man ever could. That what, what you're longing for in a career is, to, is really to become fully you. You'll only become fully you when you are fully with him in covenant. That's why he says, incline, Come. I'll make with you an everlasting covenant. Now, now I, I want you to, let me just give you some gospel here. You can't make it. Only he can make it. You couldn't cut yourself to get to him. He cut himself to get to you. You couldn't give your life to get to him. He gave his life to get to you. You couldn't go up on a tree, and you certainly couldn't clear out a grave. But Jesus goes up on a bloody cross, and he clears out an empty tomb because he came and made a covenant with you. He says, I will make a covenant. Religion is about you making a way to get to God. You doing enough good. That is not the gospel. That's bad news because you and me can't ever do enough. Good news is he makes a way where there is no way. Can I get an amen? Incline to me, he says. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples. But by the way, this is so interesting because what you find happening at Asbury and what you found at Azusa was they would come and whenever they're leaving, I'm not sure, Sean, if you saw this or Oscar who was there, when, when people were leaving, they're like, hey, you're not just leaving, you're being sent. 
So I was there on Wednesday. On Thursday, students came because there are students that have come from universities all over America. A group came from the University of Michigan, went back to the University of Michigan, and the next night, a throng of college students at Michigan gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Night and day prayer has broken out on multiple campuses. Lord, we claim the University of Florida and Santa Fe campus for you in the name of Jesus. We ask for grace. We ask for the gospel. Lord, give us a nameless, faceless, celebrity-deprived move of God where everyone knows the only hero in this place is Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> Don't you want that? You know, one of the signs that you know it's God is when people, I just couldn't help but say what happened. At Azusa Street, they just made their way up and down the, the, the highways and byways. Verse 5, behold, you, you will call a nation that, that you do not know, and a nation that didn't know you shall run to you. The nations are going to run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. And then here it is, friends. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. I'm going to sit on this for a minute. I have these friends that are at Asbury, so one of the, the, the provost's daughter from Asbury, Asbury is working on her PhD here at UF, and so they're just such a precious family. I got, they let me stay with them when I went up there. <laughs> Little did I know what a blessing I was getting when they snuck me in the back door to go into the meetings that other people were waiting seven hours to get in. I'm so sorry, anyone that was waiting a long time. He sent me this at 3.56 in the morning because there's meetings happening all night long. 3.56 in the morning said, quote, we witnessed an old man, an older man, sprint to the altar, fall face first, sobbing for forgiveness. When he finally got up after praying, he jumped up and down shouting, God is real. God is here. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Church, I don't want to, like, I'm not trying to conjure up inappropriate urgency, but can I just say something clearly? The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized during the lifetime of the opportunity. There are some of you that are listening to me now, and your soul is in danger. Not your body. your soul. Incline your ear, he says, humble yourself, come here that your soul may live. We're exercising and getting Botox and, and coloring hair and, and doing everything we can to stay young and we're doing all the things because we so want to live. And this is what he's saying, listen, 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 your outward person is going to perish. Your inward self 
is being renewed day by day if you follow him. But some of you need to hear these words. Seek the Lord while he may be found. There are times when he knocks on your heart. And when he's moving on your heart, move. When he's moving on your heart, come. When he's moving on your heart, respond. When he's moving on your heart, do something. Respond because he comes. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock and I knock and I knock. And I think some of us stopped hearing And there's a little faint. If you do not belong to Jesus, you are so loved and I'm calling you to come to him today. But who I have in mind right now is actually people that belong to Jesus. In the Old Testament, it said that the the priest Aaron, he would have written on his forehead, holiness unto the Lord. When I was at Asbury, up at the, the altar area, above the, the podium area, there are these words, holiness unto the Lord. Let me ask the penetrating question. Could it be written on your forehead, holiness unto the Lord? I'm not trying to be like old school, crazy, legalistic. Like, like, I'm not talking that. I'm talking, is, is, is there anything in your life that is keeping you from him? Because if there is, you need to humble yourself and respond. I'm not, even, I'm not trying to conjure something up. We already had a service. I, I didn't do anything like this in the first service. I feel an urgency in this one. I believe there's even people that are in this room right now that when you walk out the room, it's like, oh, that, that conviction. Listen, you don't, you don't want to get rid of conviction. If your heart, right, even right now, you know there's stuff that does not please him, and he's giving you a window of opportunity now, today. This is the day. Today is the day of freedom. When the scripture says God makes a way of escape, I am throwing you the way of escape right now. Come, call upon the Lord while he is near. The Lord is near. The nature of things is that God strikes fires. And if there's any little spark that I might have today, boom, Jesus, do it in this place so that if there's someone today that you need to humble yourself and confess it. You don't need to confess it to us, but to God and say, God, I'm calling on you, Jesus. I'm calling upon you. Turn, seek him while he may be found. It may, he may not be knocking like he is knocking down the road. He may not be dealing with you as he is in 30 minutes or 60 minutes or tomorrow. And how many times have we said, Lord, I'll do it later. And later came the game. Later came the Netflix. Later came the, the temptation. And right now, the Lord, what if the Lord is saying to you, if you will let me, I will be your savior. If you will let me, I will be your deliverer. If you will let me, I will be your redeemer. If you will let me, I will set you free. Would you respond? Behold, he says, seek. Let him return to the Lord because he will have compassion on him. And to our God, he will abundantly pardon. I'm telling you, if you'll come to him, he'll pardon you. If you'll call out to him, he'll forgive you. If you'll confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive it. If you've had a soul attachment to a certain sin that you need to get out of, I'm going to say it. He is holy, holy, holy. The only way to become holy is to draw near to the one who is holy. Draw near. He said, because my thoughts are not your thoughts. 
My ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and don't return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower, so will my word be that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. It will accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. And then this is his promise. When you respond, here it is. For you, if you'll respond, if you'll humble yourself, if you'll come hungry, for you, we'll go out in joy and be led forth in peace. And the mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come the myrtle. And it shall make a name for the Lord. The only celebrity we want in this church is the Lord. The only celebrity you want in your house is the Lord. Jesus be the glory. Jesus be the honor. Jesus be the power. To Jesus be the praise. An everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Mike, Mike what, what, what's today's message? The, the message is, are you hungry because nothing satisfies like Jesus. Are you thirsty? Let, let, me, let me just close it out letting Jesus speak for himself. John 7. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. John 7. Anyone thirsty, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart is going to flow rivers of living water. Let's go to the end of the book, Revelation 21. Jesus bringing this was revelation. He said to me, it is done. It is finished. I, Jesus says, I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end to the thirsty. I will give from the spring of water of life without payments. Revelation 22, last book of the entire Bible, last chapter. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who, is, who hears, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who desires take of the water of life without price. But church, come. Come. I don't know who I'm talking to, but some of you, you're so thirsty and you've been drinking water that's like, it's the water from Palestine, Ohio right now. It's that water that's, I, we, I, and I get it. When you're thirsty, you'll fill yourself up on whatever you can get your hands on. The reason some of you, here's really the application today. The reason some of us are not hungry right now is because our stomachs are already full of something else. The reason some of us are thirsty right now is because we've been drinking something else. Forsake that stuff. I, for, I know you're like, well, I, I, want, I want some Kool-Aid. No, what you want is living water. If you were ever a child and you were like running around all day and you came inside like my daughter yesterday and, and I said, Anaya, what do you want? She'd go, oh, Daddy, just give me water. Just get, when you've been, there's nothing so tasty as water when you're thirsty. What's the best seasoning for food? It's hunger. When you're starving, everything tastes good. We're supposed to cry out for God like a baby cries out for milk. 
We're supposed to cry out to the Lord because there's a desperation inside. Are you hungry? If you're not hungry, if you are hungry today, come. If you're thirsty, come. If you need to call upon him, call upon him. If there's a miracle that you need, call out to him. If there's a sin in your life though, this is a warning which is, there's a window of opportunity. There's a wave of repentance. That's, there are people literally driving 20 hours to go get on their knees and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Take away my racism. I'm a sinner. Take away my lust. I'm a sinner. Take away my pride. What is going on in the world that we're living in right now? It's an open door. It's an open door. Azusa got a bunch of shade thrown at it. Asbury's getting a lot of shade thrown at it right now. This is, how, this is where I'll end it with you. I wrote down my, my six things that I have that, that I, this is, you can just come take a picture later. This is how I measure when I believe, when, when something is from God for me. The only, the, Asbury would tell you, this is not a revival. It, we'll call it a revival if culture gets changed. We'll call it a revival if society changes. But here's how I call things. When I'm with somebody, here's how I measure it. Does this cause me to burn for Jesus? If it doesn't, I'm sorry, it's not the same thing. I've been at a lot, I've been at a lot of other things. The Mars Hill podcast, for example. If, if Christianity Today is watching this, thank you for the Mars Hill podcast. I liked it. I got everybody to go watch it. I listened to it. We listened to it. I listened to it. We listened to it. But you know what? It's not enough to simply get people pushing off of abuse or evil. At some point, you can't just turn away from evil. You got to turn to Jesus. Christianity Today, why aren't you guys covering what's happening at Asbury where people are just like on their faces calling out, repenting to God and joy coming upon them? I'm telling you, something's weird when we don't have a culture that, even a Christian culture, friends, beware of your righteousness or your justice that causes passion for your issue but not passion for Jesus. Number two, does this lead to repentance? If something makes me want to repent, that's God. Number three, does this cause me to forgive those who have hurt me? Does it lead to that? Number four, does this cause bold sharing of the gospel? Like what happened in Michigan, what's happening all over the country right now. I hope to God some of you go to lunch today and you go tell someone at lunch about the goodness of Jesus and his love for them. Number five, does this cause you to share possessions? There was an immigrant in Asbury, had everything he could just to be there. Here he is broke as a joke, but God had blessed him and, and he's sitting there, but he's got no money. People just started throwing money at him just shared their possessions. Some of our staff was there. I mean, so we had some, we had, we had some of our staff that are, that are not white people that are at Asbury and there's just other Kentuckians that are like, hey, do y'all have a place to stay tonight? You know, and why don't y'all come stay with us? And people all over Wilmore opening their homes, sharing their possessions. Asbury's feeding people. Just, they're, they're, they, they have canceled their fundraising drive, which was like next month, I think, because they don't want there to be the appearance that they're trying to exploit this. Every university does it every year. They're not doing their fundraising drive so as not to interfere with what God might be doing. All right, does this cause you to want to go share your stuff? Does this lead to total abandonment? This is the, this is the message of Asbury. If you'll give God everything in your hand, he'll give you everything in his. And then number seven, because it calls worship and prayer. Does this lead you? I mean, this is why we pray all day on Wednesdays. Does it lead? That's when you, that's when I know. That to me, this is my patches. I know it's God when this is happening. So here's how I end it. Young man went to an old man of God because he'd heard that he knew God. Knocked on his door. He said, are you the man of God? He says, maybe. He says, I want Jesus. I want God. Tell me what I need to do. He says, are you sure you want Jesus? Are you sure you want God? He says, no, I do. Takes him by the hand. He starts to walk him 
violently walks him out his front door, down through some trees, down through a little forest area, comes down to this, this lake. He says, get in the water. He said, I've already been baptized. He said, I said, get in the water. He gets in the water. The old man gets in the water with him. Get, get a little deeper, gets a little deeper. Get a little deeper, takes him deeper. Takes his head, sticks his head under the water. Man's like, okay. He just kind of sits there. He didn't really get a good breath, but he's 30 seconds, 40 seconds, 50 seconds. He's finally, okay, we're, th- that was good. I get it. Amen, immersed. Go ahead. Nothing. Hey, go ahead. Nothing. I said, go ahead. And he starts to fight him. He starts to fight this old man until he finally overcomes him, gets up, catches his breath. He's like, what are you doing? He said, son, when you want God as much as your lungs want air, that's when you're going to find him. 